changing your life one story at a time. This is the Chicken Soup for the Soul podcast with Editor-in-Chief Amy Newmark. Hey, it's Amy Newmark, and it's Friend Friday on the Chicken Soup for the Soul podcast. And today, we're talking to Janet Rich, known as JR. She has an incredible story in our new book about angels and miracles and coincidences. And her story is about a time when she was at a very low point in her life as a young adult and how she was led to a moment of synchronicity, which put her on a life-changing path to a wonderful career in the music industry. JR, welcome to the podcast. Thanks, Amy, for having me, and thanks for publishing my story. Oh, we were thrilled to publish it. I absolutely loved it. Um, And in fact, it happened on East 22nd Street, and I used to live on East 22nd Street between Broadway and Park, and yours happened at 22nd and Park. So your story happened half a block away from where I used to live. Oh, that's amazing. Yeah. So I know you're from a small town in Georgia, and I know that you started out as an aspiring actress, and you made your way to New York City. And then, through the events described in your story, you ended up at Capitol Records, and you worked there for 28 years, and you became the senior vice president of the publicity department. And I just think this is the most incredible story. So let's start out by talking about your story, because it's such a great combination of answered prayer and redemption and kindness and self-help. It hits on so many of our favorite themes. So tell us the state that you were in before this amazing synchronicity happened. Well, you know, my childhood was, you know, unstable, and I barely finished high school, and I didn't have a college education, and I did want to be an actress, but I never had the confidence to really go to auditions. You know, in Georgia, I was kind of a big fish in a small pond, and I could get parts based on people knowing me from acting class. But I I moved to New York, um, went to one audition, just didn't have the confidence to go. I I was in my late 20s, and I just was struggling to see any future for myself, you know, not having education, not knowing how to really do anything other than wait on tables. All my jobs had been manual labor you know, McDonald's and cleaning apartments and waiting on tables. And um, I was, you know, involved with someone that wasn't available to me. And I just didn't see it getting better. I was also raised in the South and brought up in the church. And my mother just, she loved the things that Jesus said. Those were the only things she quoted. She liked all the, the love and forgiveness and faith. And so as a young age, I did have faith, but I had kind of lost it along the way. Not lost it, but just didn't feel connected to it. So in New York, I would go through these periods of depression, you know, just really struggling. And uh, there was one of these periods where I was just in bed for a day or two and not just not able to function. And I was a chain smoker and I would just smoke cigarettes. And I was so depressed even on that particular time. I wasn't even smoking. And um, I did become really hungry and I wanted to get something to eat. And when I got out of bed, I was just, I just didn't have the energy. And I just was got on my knees and just set out to the, you know, to the room, to the blank space, you know, if there's anything out there you know, either kill me or help me because I just can't do this anymore. And it was raining and I went to the local diner called uh, Pete's 
and I sat at the counter. I went there. I didn't even put my umbrella up. I was soaked when I got there, and I sat at the counter and ordered a sandwich, and you know how you get when, I don't know if you've ever cried or grieved in everything you eat, just you can't swallow it? Yeah, I know exactly what you mean. Yes, you can't. You're just too choked up or something. And so I couldn't even eat the sandwich. And I got up to leave. And when I was leaving, I, I heard this voice inside of me, not like it was talking, not like a voice, but just intuition, this feeling of there was a man standing there. And it was obvious that he didn't have an umbrella and he was waiting for the rain to lessen. And being a Southerner, and we're, you know, we are trained to be polite. I, I just said, you know, if you're not going very far, I'm happy to walk you. And uh, he said, oh, great. You know, he took the umbrella and opened it and we started walking and we walked to 22nd and Park Avenue, where you said you live close by. And as we were walking, I, I said to him, what do you do? And he said, I'm a psychotherapist and my specialty is dysfunctional families and codependency. And so we, he said, you ought to come up and talk to me. And he gave me his card and um I came home and I put it in the drawer and I didn't look at it again for months until I would hit another bad spell and was opening the drawer to get cigarettes. And it was just in the drawer and I could just see his name glowing and it, just this feeling. And I, and I called him. And so I was maybe 29 years old and just through a lot of hard work. I mean, I still talk to George you know, there have been years that we have not spoken, but now I'm back speaking to him every other week because, you know, I'm going through some things. But without his presence, without his help, it like it didn't happen overnight. Like I started out in the music business making like less than $10 an hour just cutting out clips from the newspaper. And I didn't have enough self-esteem. You know, my boss would tell me to make a phone call and I would become nervous. And, and I quit that entry-level job like three times because of my low self-esteem. It just, I never felt like I was good enough to be in certain places. And so the therapy, just having this person in my life that could help me unravel so much of what was hurting me over time helped me really claim a life for myself. I think it's incredible. And I know you said in your story that this psychoanalyst was so kind to you and charged you $40 a session when he should have been charging you $160 a session even back I then. He, he asked me what I could afford. And I, honestly, I don't even think I could afford 40 but I didn't want to be cheap. And I said $40. Yeah. And he said, okay. And later I, I did ask him, like, why did you do that? And he said, I could just feel your pain. And I and I knew if you if you were willing to work hard, I wanted to help you. That is so great. We're going to stop. We're going to take a break. And then we're going to come back and talk a little bit more about this whole issue of synchronicity and how it can help people. We are back with JR. And I want to talk to you, JR, about the quote that we put at the beginning of your story, because I think it's so perfect, and I want to share it with everybody. Uh, we do not create our destiny. We participate in its unfolding. Synchronicity works as a catalyst toward the working out of that destiny. That's a quote by David Rico. That is so perfect. I love this whole concept of synchronicity. And it's interesting. A lot of the stories we have in Chicken Soup for the Soul, Angels All Around, do deal with amazing coincidences. And so you could say, well, they're just amazing coincidences. 
But then there are people who would say, yeah, but if it feels like a miracle, it's a miracle. And I think sharing your umbrella with that man, George, was a miracle for you. And you know what's interesting is this book is flying out of the stores. So one week after the book came out, we had to do an emergency reprint of 20,000 copies which is just amazing. Like, wow, that's I know it's, amazing. It's doing so well. I am so excited about it. I don't even think I've been talking about the name of the book that much in the interview, but for our listeners, it's Chicken Soup for the Soul, Angels All Around. And I think they are all around because I think we're angels. George was an angel, and, and you know, and I, I think in some ways I've been an angel for people. I, I think we're just, there are a lot of earth angels, and sometimes I don't even think we know when we've had an impact, you know, just by being open or saying a kind word, maybe at a time that we don't even know what that person was going through. I totally agree with you, and I try to throw out those kind words and those tiny 20-second interactions with people throughout the day because you never know how you're going to turn someone's day around just by that smile and that quick little interaction. You might be talking to somebody who's so lonely and craving human interaction, and you just gave it to them. There's a lot going on that we don't know about, and that was part of what I wanted to get this story out. One is a tribute to George, but two is that, you know, we so want to present our best selves and to, you know, do our best. But underneath, there's lots of days when we're all feeling down and things aren't, you know, going the way we want them. And, you know, so just keeping that in mind, you know, just looking beyond the surface when you're out and about and knowing that how we do interact with each other is, is, a, is a powerful tool of love. It is. And the funny thing is when you do that little random act of kindness for a stranger, the person who probably feels the best is you, the person who performed the act, not the recipient. So, JR, I know that you've started an Instagram now, which has a really fun name. It's at eat the ice cream before it melts. And I went on your Instagram and looked at it, and I saw you have different people posting about how cool their lives are, and they're all, you know, past 60. And uh, we're actually collecting stories for a book that's going to come out in late 2020. It's going to be called Chicken Soup for the Soul, Age is Just a Number. So maybe you'll submit a story for that book, and maybe our listeners will also at chickensoup.com. You just go to chickensoup.com, and you click on Submit Your Story, and then we walk you through how to do it. Oh, I can't wait for that one. I look so forward to it. Yeah, Eat the Ice Cream Before It Melts is something I started when I was just a few years ago at, you know, in my late 50s, leaving the music business and not quite knowing what I wanted to do. And I thought, I want to talk to other people who are over 50. And what are they, how are they navigating it? And what's important to them? And what are they worried about? And what do they like? And so that's, it started just as something I wanted to do fun for myself. And so I do it when when I can. I enjoy it a lot. Well, I enjoyed looking at it. So thank you so much for joining us today, JR. Oh, Amy, thank you. Thank you so much. I love being a part of your family, and I, I, I am going to submit a story for that new book, so hopefully we'll talk again. Okay, that would be great. Well, I want to thank everybody for listening to the Chicken Soup for the Soul podcast today. You know, I've been sharing a lot of stories from this Angels book over the summer, 
and a bunch of them have already aired and a few more are still coming. So if you'd like to hear all of them, subscribe to the Chicken Soup for the Soul podcast on Apple or Google or wherever you like to get your podcasts. And that way, you'll automatically get them going forward. And you can also scroll back and listen to past episodes. Ohio, ready for some quick mental health facts? Let's go. Nearly 2 million Ohioans live with a mental health condition. In the U.S., more than 50% of people will be diagnosed with a mental illness in their lifetime. Depression is a leading cause of disability worldwide. So why are some of us still stigmatizing people living with a mental health condition when we know all of this? Let's listen to the facts and beat the stigma. Ohio, challenge what you know about mental health at beatthestigma.org.